0: I don't know how many times I've read and preached about uh, hunger and thirst, this particular beatitude, uh, whether it was a summary of the beatitudes or not, the whole idea of hungering and thirsting for uh, traditionally what's translated as righteousness. The, um, the text that I use this week is uh, those who hunger and thirst for right. prevail. Uh, But in either case, no matter how you wrap your mind around it, it was about hungering and thirsting and I talked about the deep yearning and all that kind of stuff. This week, what really struck me was, uh, and what I spent most of my week with until early this morning, was just the idea of how primal hunger and thirst are. Uh, The the reality is, since our entire evolution, we have had hunger and thirst to remind us, oh, we better get something to drink, because without it, we'll die. We've had hunger to remind us, we better eat something, or we need to get more food, and we need to do it as soon as possible, uh, because otherwise we'll starve to death. These primal needs come from somewhere deep within us. They're instinctual. And somehow this uh, this beatitude that hangs right in the middle of the beatitudes is about our primal desire, our primal need for something. It's not just something that we ought to feel positively towards or that we just want. It is something we need to hunger and thirst for. Now, as I say, the traditional... uh, uh, translation of the word is righteousness. Uh, The the version that I have just been using because it's uh, been part of my uh, work on the Beatitudes says, you know, how blessed are those uh, who hunger and thirst for right to prevail. They will be satisfied. But the root word for the word righteous is justice. The root word for the, and the Greek word that's used here, and I don't usually get into original words, but I think in some ways when we use the word righteousness we soften the desire, uh, a primal beatitude that asks us to be concerned for our neighbors uh, across the board and that we be willing to do something about our neighbors Who are struggling who are uh, and whatever they're struggling with you know physical lack mental illness uh, uh, no place to live no place to uh, no food to eat no clothing to wear not warm enough not cool enough all of those kinds of things whatever they are those are things that we need to yearn for not just wish it would happen. You know, like I wish it weren't raining now, or I wish... uh, There are lots of things I wish for. But they aren't things that really, at a primal level, call out to me the way that this text wants righteousness to call out to us. Now, righteousness is about right relationship. In the end, even justice, it's about right relationship, too. Now, traditionally, what we do to make this, uh, make this text more palatable is we think of righteousness as being in a right relationship to morality. Yeah, I haven't killed anybody this week, uh, so yeah, I'm, i got a thumbs up on that bad boy. And, uh, you know, I I haven't stolen anything from anybody else, at least not directly. I didn't go into a store, pick up something that didn't belong to me, and walk away. I might live on land that was stolen from indigenous people, but, you know, so what? That was a long time ago. It's mine now. Um, uh, When it comes to looking at these things, we think morality is the measure of our righteousness that we have a right relationship to the moral code that everybody else carries. What good is that? You know, Jesus tells us at least once or twice throughout the Gospels, you know, uh, when he says, love your enemy, uh, and everybody says, well, you know, why? And it's, you know, because, uh, because it's easy to love your friends. It's easy to love your friends. Even people who don't believe in God love their friends. (laughs) The hard thing is loving those that stand against you and oppose you. This is hard work. The kind of righteousness that Jesus calls out of us is not just a right relationship to the morality, even the Ten Commandments. Yeah, it would be good if you had a right relationship with that. But it's a right relationship with God. It's a right relationship with each other it's a right relationship with the earth on which we live and it ought to be a primal need something that drives all that we do the choices that we make how can i best serve my neighbor and if it's really easy for me if it doesn't pinch as the, the if it doesn't pinch a bit if it doesn't draw a little blood then maybe i'm not really helping my neighbor as much as i can Who cares if I give away the 50 cents that I wasn't... You know, who uses change anymore? Heck, I don't pay attention to change. So if I give somebody 50 cents, so what? It was 50 cents that I would pour, throw in a pile somewhere in my house that I would only discover 10 years from now. It clearly doesn't matter to me, so when I give away something that doesn't matter to me, I'm not really living the kingdom. We have said about the attitudes, the Beatitudes... That they are the attitudes of the kingdom. They are the kinds of things that are meant to shape the very core of our lives. And that core, that core is right relationship to everything. Oh James, that's just too big. I don't want to have to have a right relationship with everything. <laughs> can I just Keep a right relationship to the Ten Commandments? I mean, after all, I don't have any other gods besides, God. well, except for money and success and cool cars uh, and nice clothes. Yeah, I don't have any other gods, really. I mean, God ranks in the top ten. You know, the big G God ranks in at least the top ten. Well, if not the top ten, then at least the top fifteen. Come on! Why should The Ten Commandments, uh, you know, I got those covered. I think that's what God really means. Just keep me in the top 20 or 50 of your life and that's good. Really? Really? That's okay? I mean, if we look at our lives, we are called out to be broken inside when our neighbor is broken. You know, when I see the images of Ukraine, my heart breaks. But when I see images, and you don't see them very often. This is the challenge. Our news in the United States is focused almost exclusively on the United States. So I have to watch other news from around the world because we're only interested in Americans even that, (laughs) you know, is not hunger and thirst for righteousness, for right relationship to our neighbors, because apparently only our neighbors who live within the borders of the United States matter. That is not God. That's nationalism. It feels comfortable. I like being an American, don't get me wrong. But my neighbors include even Vladimir Putin. I don't know what to do with that boy, <laughs> and you know I can't really do much but pray for him. Something has snapped, but I don't get enough news about my sisters and brothers in Africa, my sisters and brothers in in Asia, South America, Australia. Periodically, I hear two weeks later that something major happened somewhere else, and. I could have been praying about it two weeks ago, except it wasn't big news to us. We've gotta argue about things sometimes that don't matter. How blessed are those who hunger and thirst to see right prevail, they'll be satisfied. When you look at your neighbor hungry, whether it's a visual image in the news or uh, whatever it may be, when you know your neighbor is hungry, when you know your neighbor is caught up in a war, when you know your neighbor may be imprisoned, mostly because they couldn't get a fair trial because of the color of their skin. If you know that, does it Does it create a primal need to see something change and not just wait for the Republicans or the Democrats or the Green Party or the Libertarian or whoever they happen to be to change it? What am I going to do about it? What am I going to do that's going to make me feel the need to make the world a better place? Because that's what the kingdom looks like. We cannot rest as long as there's a hungry person near us. Because we recognize when Jesus said the second greatest commandment was to love your neighbor as yourself, what he meant was not as much as you love yourself, but as an extension of who you are. So if your neighbor's hungry, you're hungry. If they're thirsty, you're thirsty. If they're homeless, you're homeless. You cannot fully rest until all of that's taken care of. Which means I guess we don't ever get to rest. I've been waiting to rest on my laurels all of my life. I got six decades under my belt. Shouldn't I just be able to kick back on the couch and say, okay, I'm done? Somebody else better take up the cause. Not as long as I draw breath, apparently. I need to feel the same hunger and thirst to change the world as Jesus did. And if it leads to my premature death, as it did for him, then so be it. Because you matter to me. You know, it's really nice. Let's be honest. I I want you to know deep inside, when I say it almost every week up here, you are infinitely precious. And I mean infinitely. Immeasurably precious. You are infinitely precious and unconditionally loved for the gift you already are for who you are already. Not if you change, but who you are already. If I say that to you, and then I watch you hungry and do nothing about it, I have kind of an empty faith. Somebody whose name I share in the New Testament, James, said, faith without works is dead. Who cares if my faith says I I love you, and then I watch you starve to death in front of my face? Apparently I didn't take it very seriously. (laughs) James doesn't give me any wiggle room, and I don't appreciate that, by the way. Couldn't he be named something else, Bob? (laughs) Anybody, but my own namesake, or I'm his own namesake. You see, I believe faith, I believe these attitudes that we are meant to adopt for the kingdom is supposed to really get inside of us and change not only the way we see the world, but the way we behave toward it. So that there, you know, eventually, if you really love your neighbor, including your enemy, do you really have any enemies? If you really love your enemy, can you have one? If you find a way to make someone else your friend, can you have enemies? I think that that's the radical nature of our faith. It's not just, "Mm, if I feel like it, I'll be nice today. You know, even the hypocrites do that. If you feel like it, you do anything. If I feel like it, I'll be really cruel to my neighbor today. No, mm -mm, that's not a kingdom attitude. That's the attitude of whatever I want is what I'm going to do. It is so important, this living in right relationship with each other and with God, that Jesus makes an entire beatitude that says it ought to be a primal need. You ought to hunger and thirst for it like you're starved at the end of a hard work day, like you're thirsty after you've been out in the sun cutting the grass or whatever else you're doing. You ought to have that same hunger and thirst that everything be in right relationship because when you have that hunger and thirst, you'll start to see it satisfied and it'll be satisfied because you've got skin in the game. You lay yourself down. You feel the pinch. I think that's what church is really all about. Feeling the pinch enough to make a difference in a world that needs a difference. When was the last time you ran into somebody on the street who actually said, Hi, how are you doing? You know, you're loved. You probably think those people are crazy. I would. And yet that's the message. We bear. Kind of crazy, isn't it? God wants us to have the same primal need. The same primal need. I'm kind of hoping each week as I work through these Beatitudes, and I haven't done much on next week yet, that it's going to lighten up a little bit. (laughs) I'm getting a little tired of this, it feels heavy. Feels heavy. I'm supposed to have a primal concern for everybody else? I, eh. And yet, there it is. There it is. I'd like to promise you next week you're going to come and next week's Beatitude, which I believe is blessed are the merciful. Well, don't hold me to that. I'll cheat. I'll look ahead. Let's see. Yeah, it is. How blessed are the merciful. Maybe it will be an easier one next week. Maybe you'll be like, "Ah, all the pressure was on the hunger and thirst to see right prevail. Eh, Not so much pressure on being merciful. We'll see. I guess we'll see. So here's my challenge to you. If you don't really feel a hunger and thirst to see the best for your neighbor? Do you feel a hunger and thirst to see the best for yourself, at least for the people you care for? Or when people that you care for do really well, especially if they do better than you think they deserve, do you you still feel like they're in good relationship? Do you desire deep within the best for every person you encounter, including the one that cuts you off in traffic or the one that attacks the Ukraine or Do you you really want the best? That's the hard work of the gospel. Examine your heart this week. What is it you really hunger and thirst for? Because that's where you will put all your effort, and that's where you will willingly feel the pinch. And if you aren't hungry and thirsty to see right prevail, pray that God make you hungry and thirsty to see right prevail. If you're courageous enough to pray that prayer. I'm not sure I am. Speaking of prayer, it's that time when we do that. Not only is David home from the hospital, but I hear he's also able to drive himself now. He's back to driving. He's in good enough health that he can can drive the car, which is a, a long way to see him come. Uh, They have pretty much cleaned out the house they've been living in for I don't even know how many years. Maybe since they got married. It's been a long time. Um, To move to an apartment that will be more accessible for both Donnie and David. And that happens at the end of this week. So as they make that transition in their lives, I want us to be in prayer for them. On a much larger scale, certainly a lot of people have felt the impact of uh, a hurricane, Hurricane Ian. But even before that, there are still people in Puerto Rico that are recovering. And uh, we have friends in the Dominican Republic who uh, experienced at least the torrential rains, and they're still recovering from part of their roof being gone. Um, and there are people all around the world I just don't even know about that are facing all kinds of droughts and and hunger and, and and other people like you know I just want my heart to be open to that I can't know everything that's going on but I want to yearn for everyone to especially the ones you know work locally you know but think globally. I want to see that happen. Tomorrow night is our night um, to serve, St. James's night to serve at the West End Food Pantry. And I want to pray for all the folks who'll come to the pantry tomorrow, all those who are in need of food, all those will be able to serve, um, all those who don't come because they don't even realize we have this resource for them. I get a call about two or three times a week and it's like, you know, Do you still have the food pantry there at St. James? And it's like, oh, yeah, every Monday night from 5 to 6.30. Come on by. And even if you're not in our service area at least once, you are welcome. But uh, I want to pray for all those who will come. I want to pray for this war uh, between Russia and the Ukraine. But there's war everywhere. There's violence everywhere. You know I, I read about extremist groups that are attacking other groups in different parts of the world in Asia and in parts of the continent of Africa and uh, and other places. We, we have our own extremists here. Uh, usually they show up with guns and just kill a few people, so it's it's not like a war uh, unless you count them all and add it up. but uh I want us to pray for an end to violence in our world. Perhaps for the moment that's enough. That's a, you know, we've, we've covered a pretty huge swath there. Uh, so we'll begin in a moment of silent prayer. I'll pray out loud for us, and then we'll uh, pray the Lord's Prayer together. Uh, a version of which, Maybe on the screen behind me, okay. We had slide issues. We had a lot of issues this morning. It was like a chaotic morning. No electricity at my house. No slides at St. James. And there usually is at least a base set to start with. So all the chaos just arose. It was a beautiful arising. Uh, And each thing I thought worked didn't. I'm not even sure we're currently streaming on Facebook. I think we are on YouTube. And I think we are on our website, but I think the Facebook is broken. So, you know, life is, this is the way life is, chaos. And it's hard in the midst of that to stay grounded in the one who loves us, to live into the kingdom attitudes that Jesus teaches. And yet, it's even in the worst moments that it's most important that we live into them. So we begin in a moment of silent prayer. I will pray out loud for us and then we'll pray the Lord's Prayer together. Could we enter into a moment of silent prayer together? Gracious and loving God, you are so big. You have such a big heart, not just for us, but for all of this world, for the entire universe. Every aspect of everything reflects your goodness. If only we'd allow ourselves to be a mirror. We see in the blades of grass, in the changing of the leaves, in the constant movement of our lives, we see that perhaps it is truly a benevolent universe, and if we cooperate, the world could be a better place. We see that. God, we still have a long way to go. It's hard work, and sometimes we just don't feel like working hard. Some days we're just lazy, some days we're just tired. Some days we don't even notice the things that maybe we could make a difference about. It's being human. We're not always awake. Wake us up. Wake us up and help us grow up to be the people you imagined we could be. Help us always to remember that we are infinitely precious. We are unconditionally loved for the gift we already are. And if we live from that place, recognizing everyone we encounter is just the same, Flavor of everything changes. Our attitude about the people we run into changes. And our concern for one another changes. It may take a long time and it may only happen incrementally and yet you are working to bring about your good in this world and we want to be your hands and feet. There is so much violence in our world. In so many different places here there and everywhere places we don't even know places I didn't know to name this morning we pray for all those who are struggling in the midst of violence emotional violence domestic violence physical violence of other kinds war emotional violence spiritual violence People who are told they don't matter when it's such a big lie. God, we want to be different. We want to want to be different. Sometimes we don't want to be different. But we want to want to be different. And maybe that wanting to want to be different is the first step to wanting to be different. Pour your spirit out. Help us to recognize we're powerless over our own addictions and perspective in this world and that the only way to break through those addictions to our perspective, our way of doing things, our comfort is to give over that powerlessness and trust that there is a higher power, that there is you who will help us break out. And only by your grace can we do that. Thank you for the witness of your son, for his hard teachings, for the way that they twist us and push us and stretch us and grow us, sometimes kicking and screaming. Teach us to love with an open heart, to take all the risks you invite us to, we are, we are thankful for David and Donnie and David's recovery. I'm thankful for Tom and, and uh, Antoinette, who got married here yesterday. Thankful and pray that your hand of blessing will be upon them, that they will experience your love in ways that will continue to transform them. We pray, oh God, for St. James and for all churches, but for us St. James is our community and we pray that we will be the church you hope we will be, that we will find new and vital ways to be a part of this community and the world in which we live and bear witness to a God who loves us just as we are right where we are, inviting us always to be transformed in every moment, to grow bigger, bigger hearts, bigger love, to be a part of all that you're doing. We hold this world in our hearts, trusting that we might make a difference if we too hunger and thirst to be in right relationship with one another, with the earth and with you. We ask all of this in the precious and holy name of your Son, Jesus, who modeled for us a prayer that we pray now together. Our Father in heaven, holy is your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial and deliver us from evil.